Hey, I'm Tommy Chong. Welcome to High on Homegrown. Yes, yes, everybody, and welcome to this week's Grow Guides from High on Homegrown, the cannabis podcast from PersysGrowRoom.com. This week, we talk about making your own hash at home using bud or tip leaf after trimming your plants. It's very easy to do, and the end result is always very, very good. So some top quality hash made from either spare bits from your plant or some top quality bud, completely up to you. But we highly recommend that you do go and make some hash at some point. Of course, you're going to need some certain equipment for this, but mainly you're going to need bubble bags, which you can buy from Alibongo. And Alibongo is the sponsor of PersysGrowRoom.com. So if you head over to Persis, you'll be able to see the banner for Alibongo. Head to their website, find the bubble bags, and get 15% off by using the discount code Persis15. So go there and do that. And once you have your bubble bags, you'll be able to just scoop it up, put it in some water with some ice, stir it up for a while, filter it out, and you have hash. It's very simple very easy and everything is explained throughout this guide but of course if you have any questions or any issues and you need some extra help head over to persysgrowing.com sign up and we'll be able to help you out there so i hope you enjoyed the grow guides we'll see you on sunday for the live show at 9 p.m gmt you know how it is enjoy catch you in a bit yes so hash that's what we're going to be talking about in this grow guide section. And uh, we're going to be talking about both kinds of hash. I mean, there's more than one, but you've got uh, bubble hash and dry ice hash. We're going to take you through a quick guide on how to make both of these, what you need to make hash, why hash is the shit, you know, uh, and what you can do curing, curing hash as well to make it better over a long period of times and just shit like that in general. You know what I'm saying, everybody? You know what you mean? Yes. Mm-hmm. Just making hash. Like so, hash. I mean, you've Make recently hash. made a, a nice batch of hash there, haven't you, Monkey? Just recently got, got into it a little bit with a little help from Chilbert over at the, at the forum, you know. Did my research on uh, YouTube for our old friend Frenchie and made a little run out of it. Came out nice. So what did you do? What was the plan? <clears throat> well, this was a bubble hash run, meaning this is an ice water hash. Right. So I needed to collect my, my vegetable material and with, with ice water hash, uh, you, one of the things that you really want is cold temperatures. So first thing I did was take all of the, all the trim, whether it was dry or fresh, put it in the freezer and let it freeze real good. That was my number one step right there. Collect mm-hmm. all my trim. I'd use the washing machine. Mm-hmm. Do you want to go press forward and do the whole process? Or you want me just to take it one step at a time? What did I well, do? There's I a couple of things there that, that you mentioned. Um... You said vegetable material. Did you use tip leaf or do you use bud? I use both, actually. Um, yeah. I use sugar leaf or tip leaf like you're calling. I don't use fan leaf because there's not enough trichome on it. Mm-hmm. It's just going to make your process a little bit more dirty. So only stuff that had a lot of good frosty trichomes on it to use. Uh, I, I preferred to use what you call tip leaf or sugar leaf, but uh, I did have some, some loose larfy bud that was thrown in there, too. And mine was a mixture of both dry and fresh, which... Not, I'm not saying that's ideal either way, but this is just how I had, that was my first, first thing. I, this is what I had. Mm-hmm. So I, I made what was known as zombie hash with a little bit of each. Nice. Well, you, have you made uh, hash before TG? Um, you just lucky yeah. enough to buy it. Well, yeah, I 
primarily I purchase it. I do have a set of bubble bags from uh, Bubble Bag Dude um, with pails and everything. And I did do a dry ice hash a few years back, but I, I don't generally make it. Um, I use my trim generally for coconut oil infusions uh, over hash. Because like you said, the, here I've always had access to pretty good hash, better than I could make. I think. And I really like smoking bud, um, my yeah. own bud, fresh homegrown bud. So if I can get really good hash elsewhere, I do. But um, yeah, I have made it once in a while. I mean, I have it in my Keef collectors and my grinders, which you could you could call is a very, very lazy, basic, rudimentary way of just it's basically dry sift. Mm -hmm. um, the one I have here has been in there for two and a half years. So if I pulled it out, I'd probably get a good maybe eighth of an ounce temple ball if i rolled it up nicely and, and pressed it and left it to sit nice so but um yeah i uh i don't know I'm, I'm a lazy hash maker i'm a big fan but um as you guys know i'm always smoking fucking hash but yeah you made hash as well much you haven't done any hash no ever? i've never made hash because like uh, tg i tend to use my trim and whatnot for making mm. infusions mm -hmm. typically but i would like to try it because it sounds interesting i saw on instagram you never tried it no. Oh, no, no. I've tried hash. Right. Oh, you'd have tried making it. Right. I was going to say. <laughs> tried making it. Yeah, yeah. No, when I was in high school, that's all you could get was hash, actually. So mm -hmm. that's sort of how I started my cannabis journey. So I saw on Instagram today, I think um, Madame Cannoli had posted that they're working on a book. Cool. Frenchie Cannoli and I guess his process. So that should be interesting to keep an eye out for. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah good old Frenchie, man. He, he was mm -hmm. the uh, the king of hash. The master of Mm, the master yeah we had him on the show if anybody hasn't heard the interview we had with frenchy you know we had a full it was a long ass interview man I was lucky enough to spend some time with him and chat some shit with him right and that guy knew his shit mm -hmm. um i just want to speak one thing you guys or monkey you mentioned bubble hash but you kind of yes. use it syn synonymously with ice water hash right um in the sense that you did or in the context you did right. um bubble hash to me is just um it like it bubbles when you smoke it basically it does or i think probably it have to be produced using ice water but ice water hash doesn't necessarily mean it's bubble hash just because mm -hmm. i'm a purist and a semantics fucking psycho no, right no problem with that <laughs> but yeah like bubble hash and true full melt bubble hash right. you literally hit it with the flame and it just goes bubbles mm -hmm. and it's gone and then there's no residual that's like pure heads like there's no mm -hmm. stocks there's it's all resin all glands right that's that's the purest form of it in my opinion mm -hmm. um and that's the but it's hard to get and it's usually i don't know what micron that falls on it depends on a lot of thought things but yeah um, bubble hash so so essentially the process of making this hash is i mean you've, you've mentioned tg and monkey say about you getting the stuff cold you know put it in the freezer and shit like that and using ice and the whole thing you're trying to do is get the thc the crystals on the buds or on the leaf really cold because that makes them brittle and then they'll snap off the plant matter and float around in some water or if you dry sifting like tg mentioned then you know then they'll be small enough to fall through the mesh which is on the gauze or in the bubble bags but most of the time uh, the, the most common process for home growers anyway to make hash would be the water ice hash is when you get the buds and the leaf you put it in some water with a shitload of ice to bring the temperature down and then you'll stir it up and mix it up real good for an hour or so 
then you'll filter out the that the hash you take all the water out which you'll leave behind residue in different layers of bubble bags and that will be your hash it's a it's a pretty easy process but it takes a while but it's definitely worth doing it definitely it's worth doing it um and the trick on the whole process is uh it's not you you want to be gentle with your with your uh, vegetable material your leaves your buds you don't want to smash or break them too much you're just trying to brush the, the brittle trichomes off the edge without damaging the leaves or anything too much because too much damage you're going to start getting vegetable material in the water it'll start turning more colors but the purer the hash is going to be you just want to gently how does frenchy say it mackie the agitation the agitation <laughs> that's it that's what you're looking for it's not it's not a mechanical force against the leaves it's just the water changing direction that's going to shear these things off and let them float gently into the water and when you're making a good ice water hash that's the trick is gentle agitation you don't want to be aggressive with anything so you don't really want to pack too too much ice in there that's going to grind your butt up or your mm -hmm. leaves up either you want just enough ice to keep the water at absolutely as cold as you can keep it so if you've got ice in the water you're all right you don't need to keep adding more and more and more as long as there's a reasonable amount of ice in there you're cold enough but yeah be gentle when, when you're agitating mm -hmm. nice yeah and then um there's dry ice as, as well which you can use to yeah, add dry ice to some cannabis inside a bubble bag. We'll tell you about bubble bags in a second. But uh, you put it inside the bubble bag and you shake it like a salt shaker and the trichomes will shatter off the plant matter right through the bubble bags and be left as a dust on the counter. And you can just scrape that shit up and you've got dry ice hash. And that's the shit, man. Nice, clean. But again, the preferred way, the original way, is to do it with some ice water. Well, dry ice mm -hmm. hash is very easy to make, but if you want that original ship, then you've got to do it with the uh, the water. So, where would you even begin? Oh, you first, you first, you need the right equipment, and yeah. so you're going to need a set of bubble bags, which you can buy from Alibongo. Just go to Alibongo, search for bubble bags. You'll find the sets there, and you can buy them and get fifteen percent off by using that discount code. Uh, but yeah, go to Alibongo to buy your bubble bags. You know they're going to be a good quality set then. And um, TJ, you want to explain what bubble bags are? Uh, bubble eggs are basically exactly what, well, they don't actually sound like what they are. <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're, they're, they're just like, they're bags. Um, they can be all mesh. Generally, they have a mesh bottom of varying aperture size. Um, they kind of go up from, what's the smallest? I don't 25. even fucking know. 25 yeah, micron. Yeah. And there's like a 40 something, right? Mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, 75, 120 something. I think 120. Yeah, just... It goes up. There's varying um, varying hole sizes in the screens, and you, you arrange them from the bigger holes on the top screen going down to the smallest on the very bottom. And, um, yeah, basically you just dump all your weed and your uh, water and your ice in there and use that as your your separator. So you get the separation of the different sizes of your, your trichome glands and, and all that. So depending on what micron you're interested in, because each, each size has kind of pros and cons of, of what's good and bad about it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just a way to separate out the, the size of your glands basically, but kind of a, a homemade way to do it using five gallon pails generally is what, what they fit into. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So you're going to need a set of them, 
really and you, yeah. you won't use all of them because you get like five don't you, you but you can get sets yeah. with three and you want to have different levels so the, the the smaller stuff the the 25 micron the stuff that collects in that bag is that's going to be the best stuff right not necessarily a lot of times at 25 you can end up with a lot of uh you know broken, debris try, yeah, yeah. like that or uh -huh. broken stock pieces There's a lot of times you don't end up with the really big uh you know uh, heads yeah 25 yeah. But it'll the be a, it'll have the least amount of plant matter. Maybe the I don't know. It depends on the quality of your input too. If you're smashing like really dry stuff and and just basically grinding your yeah. stuff into dust, then mm. probably that stuff will fall right to the bottom. Right. Exactly, it's going to be caught in your twenty five in that case. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah, it really depends on that. That's a big important part of it. You know, don't yeah. don't use shitty inputs and don't smash it together so it fucking grinds it. You know, yeah, agitation, right? Uh, yeah, gentle <laughs> agitation. Yeah. You better better to take small steps with it than to go ahead and go all out on it and, and tear everything up and you'll end up with a mess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gilbert made a good point too. It depends on the size of the resin yeah, yeah. of the trichomes too. That's what I was gonna say. Very... different strains and even how you grow that strain depends a lot of that on resin size and all. Yeah, yeah. Paul uh Paul Pizza Dave said here forty five to one sixty micron is gonna be the best that's good so stuff, 45 yeah. will probably yeah. catch all their big juicy trichome heads i've always uh, liked 73 myself that's what i try and buy when i buy it so yeah okay uh, i don't know that's just no reason other than i like it the best but i see because what you're trying to do you're trying to catch them trichome heads the and you know you oh. should know if you've listened to all the episodes in the past by now that we've done so far you would i think it's in a when we're looking at the harvesting episode if you go to the harvesting episode then that's where we're explaining what trichomes are and they're like mushroom shape with mm -hmm. uh the big bulbous thing on the top of the stalk the mm -hmm. top of the stalk there is what you're trying to catch when you're making this hash you right. when you when it's going through the bubble bags you want to use the right micron size to catch the trichome heads and that will be the best hash and that's good uh Chilbert says uh and you said like there as well around 70. Yeah, I like seventy three is what I what I found for mine was was sweet. I like that one. Um, but of course, that was only for the strains and the stuff that I had. Mm -hmm. But we'll try again. But yeah, it's good good number seventy to to one twenty is great. Yes. So look around those. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, yeah, look around Eddie Bungo for one of those around seventy and forty five. They'll be the good mm -hmm. ones. And you make a different different quality hash depending on what size the micron is. Mm -hmm. So and this can that's the same thing for when you're using the water hash or the dry ice hash. You're just trying to get them trichomes, the, the trichome heads to come through the back and catch as many as possible. And so when that's done, when I mean, let's say that you're doing the water ice hash and you filtered the water, and all that's left behind now is the the, the hash. It's going to be soaking wet. So what do, what would you do next, monkey? Well. <clears throat> Either either in the bubble bag or uh, on the 25 micron screen, I'm going to go ahead and put in and carefully clean out the bag and put everything on there and I'll blot it. Use, I find that it works really well if you take something like paper toweling and, and put that mesh bag on top of the paper toweling, it pulls the water right out of the hash really nicely. Mm. I'll get that done and then after I get that done, I'll transfer it to parchment and then I'll freeze it. And that's it? Just freeze it? Well, once it freezes, then I'm going to take it and I'm going to grind it, uh, take, take a, uh, either going to chop it with a knife and small pieces, or I'm going to grate it with, with some kind of a cheese grater or something into a, a thin layer. And I'm, I'm, after it's frozen, it's easier to do that when it's frozen. Hmm. And then I'm going to take that and I'm going to lay it into a, a, a 
kind of a cool, dark place for, for probably it's going to take anywhere from five to 10 days to get it dry, completely dry to where I can go ahead and press it into a nice, you know, ball or a brick. Mm. So, I mean, it's just a process. I need it to dry. I need to freeze it. Then I need to grate it so I, I can get it thin. Then I need to get all the water out of it. Then I'm going to take and gather up all that hash dust. I'm going to put it between two pieces of parchment and I'm going to roll it with a hot wine bottle. Mm-hmm. And that's going to actually press this thing into a continuous cake that we that we actually will recognize as hash. That's my favorite part, actually. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hot Being rolling the hash. Into, hey? mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, I mean, the terpenes just coming off of that fresh hash is just that's my favorite job to do right there is oh, I could do that forever. Mm-hmm. Then once you get it there, you're going to go basically get it into a shape or a condition that you can store it and uh, decide whether you're going to enjoy it fresher or let it age a while. A quick word on terpenes there. Pilbert just posted a freeze dryer access. I was going to touch on that. Breeder Steve mentioned he's selling giant freeze dryers to industry people now. Um, The reason for that is hash making, because if you Mm -hmm. can freeze dry, like minus 20 is kind of what most deep freezes are at, which isn't cold enough to freeze weed as fast as you need it to be frozen enough to be uh, to preserve the terpenes. But that's the idea. Freezing it so fast, so quickly and at such a crazy temperature rips out the moisture immediately but preserves all those terpenes that generally will will have uh, vaporized and volatilized off during Mm -hmm. the drying and or freezing Mm -hmm. process so freeze dryers are kind of like if you get one of those and then you make hash out of the freeze dried bud that's like kind of on another level sort of thing Um, you get some really nice profiles and everything you can go even further and make hash rosin with that kind of shit too and then it's just like fuck me you know <laughs> yeah it's legal to see what legalization has done all these high-tech steps coming into the weed processing now yeah yeah and with you making that hash as well you had a little washing machine didn't you monkey i did i mean uh basically i decided to take the easier route out of the deal here and i did watch some of frenchie's videos and he actually used a little camping washing machine. It's about five gallon capacity. It uses just water jets to actually swirl the contents of, of the bucket around. Cool. And this particular one had gentle and normal cycles on it, but I was able to take the frozen plant material and sandwich it between layers of ice and add water and uh, then let this machine do the agitation work a little at a time and cut down my processing time from hours to literally minutes. See. So. Yeah. And, and the machines are not that expensive. I mean, if you look at what you end up with after doing just even one load of hash processing, you'll end up with enough to at least pay for the machine. Cause I think they, they were running anywhere from 50 to $70 us total for the machine. And that's oh, not that expensive. Wow. That's good. Yeah. That's not bad at all. No, you don't need the fanciest one like that. And the one I got was very similar to the one Frenchie used in his videos. And it's one also that I believe Chilbert uses a very similar one like that. So it's very common. You can buy them on certain sites that are made for hash, or you can buy the camp washing machine off eBay or a camping store. And it's basically the same material. It's the same thing. So you're looking for like a camp washing machine. Camping washing machine is what it's called. It uses water jets. And that's the, that's the reason it works so well is you don't have a paddle or or an agitator that actually hits the leaves. It's just water jets that's causing them to swirl left and right, left and right. So it, it's very gentle to the process. Mm. Makes really good hash really fast. Sounds like a good investment. How, how, how many buds, how much bud did you use it, like in ounces? 
Oh man, I, I really don't know. I think I probably put three ounces in it and I could have put, I could have put like five times that I just, this was my first run and I was just, just mm -hmm. doing an experiment, but I barely touched the capacity of the machine. It, it's like it, you could do, geez, Frenchy did, I think on his video, he put two Ziploc bags, two gallon Ziploc bags full of trim in his machine and said he probably could have put twice that much if he wanted to, but he was trying to again demonstrate it. He wanted everybody to see what he was doing. Mm. So these machines can process a lot of hash really fast. And How this is one thing that Frenchie pioneered, you know, the use of these machines is he got it out there and showed everybody how to do it. And this is how he was able to bring his hash making into the commercial level with machines like this. And you're right. I'm, I'm just like on Amazon right now at some of these camping washing machines and they're not that expensive. No, they're really not. Yeah. But if you go buy the ones that are made for hash, they're twice as expensive. <laughs> right. And you're saying this works just as well. It is the same machine. Huh. Very interesting. Yeah. I have some full melt bubble hash. I wish I could show you guys, but like literally I smoked it and the screen is like cleaner than when I put it on there. It's fucking crazy. But mm. it, and it's just strong. It's like, I don't know. Yeah. I love this stuff, man. <laughs> Make hash. So out of, that, uh, out of that three ounces of bud you used, Monkey, was it just how much bud, how much leaf? Hard to tell because what, what I had really done was um, as I was trimming uh, the last grow, the dry mm. trim went into, uh, well, as I was, when I chopped it, anything that was larvae or even questionable in my mind, I didn't, I knew I was going to do a hash run. So I basically just, mm. I threw any, any loose-ish buds or anything that was even questionable in my mind, just threw it fresh in the freezer as it was. And then when I came back to trim the buds, all the same, uh, same harvest, anything that was coming off the buds also went into the freezer. And I only kept the tight buds. So I was really being generous with, with the trim bag. Mm. Um, I don't know how much all that stuff came to, but I mean, when it all got processed and it doesn't sound like much because I, this is my first run, it came out to be about, I think 11 or 12 grams of hash out of it, out of three ounces input. So I figured I got a decent return from my first chance because it's really tasty and it's really strong and it goes a long way. About 15% back, is that? I, think. I don't really know what the percentage was back because, um, you see, I'm estimating you're saying how much trim went in. The fresh trim would have weighed more, but if it would have dried, I'm, I'm mm -hmm. having to adjust about what it would have been if I, if I would have dried that instead of just threw it in there wet. Um, it's, it's tricky to say what I threw in there, but the washing machine was probably, I'm going to say, a fifth of the way full, so it wasn't very full. And uh, with washing machines as well, if you don't, if you can't afford one of those and you, and you want to try doing it yourself, then you only need to use a bucket with some cold water in, with some ice, put the buds in there and stir it up with a wooden spoon or something. Oh, yeah. It, it would take a, a while. Spoon. Yeah. I yeah. think uh, some people had said you can take an electric drill and put a wooden spoon in it mm -hmm. and use, you know, lose, lose a slow speed spinning on a wooden spoon like that, but you just don't want to beat your, your uh, weed to death. Yeah. How long would you have to do that for if you're doing it more manually? As long as possible. Yeah, that could take hours. Yeah. Oh, hours. Okay. Yeah, it's a mission. That's, that's why I decided to go with the washing machine, mm -hmm. to be honest with you. You know, it's like, right. what's my time really worth? So after when that's all done and you've been stirring for ages or you let the washing machine do the run, you pour that water into your bubble bags. Well, it, there's different ways to do it. You can pour it through the bubble bags and then it's all gone straight away. Or you can set the buckets, the bags around a bucket, like on the inside of the bucket. So then it all pours, the water pours into the bucket. You can scoop it out slower. Then you might be able to give it another run if you wanted to. 
pretty much it's filtered through the bubble bags at this point and it can anything that's small gets uh washed away like the water anything that's big gets caught up in the in the higher bags and then the, mm. as the gauze gets finer that, that's where the finer the hash is with those bags too i should mention like when i mentioned five gallon pails that i used earlier i have one five gallon it's actually a bit bigger than a five gallon pail just so i have a bit more room on the bottom so the bag's not like yeah. resting on the bottom mm -hmm. but what i did was four more pails because i have a set of five bags right i just cut the very tops off of them so they still fit within like in the tops of the next pail down but they're just the very like top rim so you don't have you know you don't need fucking actually five pails that would defeat the whole purpose because you need just one pail with five different things mm. levels where your bags can hang mm. yeah, on to yeah. right if you can imagine that in your heads mm -hmm. i don't know but yeah it's so you had five when, buckets and five bags and you put the bags on each one and then you cut the buckets yeah. off four of the buckets uh, for the top buckets right yeah exactly yeah. yeah and then you just have your different mm. tiers you put your water and your ice and your weed in the very top and the water will soak through everything obviously but this is where the wooden spoon thing comes in you sit there and knock it around for a while and then you get that separation eventually yeah man. it's a nice plan yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's really easy yeah. to do, and you can do this shit with tip leaf as well as uh, you know fine buds if you want to. If you want to make some high quality hash, then do it with some high quality buds. That'd be the best way to get it. And if you have, any, I mean, when when it's done as well, like um, when you've got this filtered out hash, whether it's from dry ice hash or from the bubble ice hash, you need to press it. Does anybody use any kind of hash press? Or do you just roll it into a ball? You just squish it. What you do with it? I just hop, I just put the, like I said before, it was just a wine bottle filled with hot water, uh, just classical Frenchy cannoli style. You know, it's, it's but I take if it works for him, it's going to work for me. I basically <laughs> put put the hash between two pieces of parchment paper and with with welding gloves on my hand and protect myself from the heat, of course. But you know, just gently rolled it back and forth and then just fold it over and roll it again and worked it three or four times till it became a really nice creamy consistency where i could roll that into a ball and store it nice it was nice like i said that was my favorite part of it because i got to smell what i just created tg were you saying today you were talking about how your boss uh yeah asked you where you take I, someone pals home <laughs> that's literally what i told him the first because i had to clear because I, I sometimes bring pails home uh, to recycle them or whatever. And uh, my boss was like, oh, are you taking so many pails, huh? And I was like, oh, I'm going to make some bubble hash. And he's like, oh, what? <laughs> I was like, yeah, a bit of bubble hash. You know, I explained the process just like we just did. And he's like, oh, wow, that's pretty scientific. <laughs> <I'm> like, <"Yep." laughs> and uh, yeah, they work great, though. You know, yeah, I've got the pails, all you need. <laughs> it's it's good shit. Anybody should be making hash if you've got spare bits. You know, when you've done your harvesting, then maybe share, uh, save the stuff up in the freezer for a while until you've got enough to make it feel necessary. And just because you can make hash out of all your trim, anything you you just don't want the uh, the fan leaves in there, but all the sugar leaves, tip leaves, and shit, you should be saving that up if you can. And then after a couple of harvests, maybe three, four, maybe after a year. You know, whatever. As long as you're saving it up, get use out of it further on down the line. Make some fucking hash, man. It's gonna be worth it when you, you know, you, you know that homegrown bud is the shit. Why don't you try some homegrown hash, man? Mm -hmm. Nice. 
And whatever you do, don't throw your trim away at all. Because, I mean, we can make edibles. We can make hash. Mm -hmm. We can make mm -hmm. all kind of cool stuff out of your trim. If it's got crystals on it, don't throw it away. Oh, no. That's right. Yeah. Try and save it up. Because there's many other things that you can make with, with that shit, too. There are loads of edibles, loads of different oils mm -hmm. and extracts. Loads of shit, man. So keep it if you Lotion, can. Lotion, man. Put that yeah, shit on yeah. everything. Put it on your butt. Put it on your forehead. <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> Lotion. <laughs> Good shit. Man, yeah, but if anybody has any questions about making hash, then, you know, pop over to Percy's because we have Chilbert there, and Chilbert knows his shit about making hash. Mm -hmm. So you'll come and ask Chilbert. But there's also lots of content out there from a guy called Frenchie Cannoli which a lot of our listeners already know who he is. But if you don't know it's who just, he is, then you have to go and check him out on YouTube. Watch his videos anyway, man. He's yeah, that's like, it. Not yeah. only Hash, but he's, he's a historian. He's a brilliant speaker. He's just so enthusiastic. So if you want to be inspired, yeah. But also if you want to learn how to make some fucking epic Hash, like he's the guy to go to. And mm -hmm. also Chilbert. Chilbert knows his shit too. Yeah, man. Yeah, I guarantee you he's got a video up there that, you know, give, give him an hour of your time and you'll be making Hash. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah for sure you know yeah, like <laughs> yeah. you'll want to make hash after after seeing like, french yeah, yeah. when, when he starts videos are like an hour and a half long and i mean after the first hour you'll be ready to turn that machine on and go mm -hmm. yeah man like have you guys seen when they're like massaging those ropes of hash and it's like the way they when they turn it it just looks like this it it almost <laughs> like glows in these golden fire type oh it's just i mean i can make that of course i'm gonna try that and then yeah mm -hmm. rabbit hole time <laughs> it's so good though what about curing are we doing the uh curing for the hash i've been in, i've been question. encouraged to do it but i haven't haven't accomplished it just yet and frenchy yeah, said he would give, give it like six months before it was uh considered cured right he would even bury it sometimes just well leave you it. know eventually i got to where i could cure bud for a year but it took me a while to get to that point probably going to mm -hmm. be that same situation with hash i'll eventually get there but I don't know if I'm gonna make this. I don't know how much of this is gonna be cured. Put it that way. Yeah, you're just gonna smoke that shit. Mm -mm. <laughs> well, we're, we're taking it slow, so yeah, it's curing. <laughs> it's it's curing as we use it. Okay. <laughs> well, now you now you have that machine though. It's gonna be so easy for you to make more. Yeah, I just have to grow. Yeah. Grow more. You know. Another extra couple of plants or something. Whatever. I don't know if I really need more at, at this point in time. I have to look. Have to look at the situation. You know. Mm -hmm. Good old hash, man. Love hash. Yeah. But, you know, as you can tell, we would recommend it to anybody. And it's very easy to do. It's not very complex. You just need the right equipment. Some good buckets, like TG said. Five buckets with four food of them grade. have the bottom cut up. Food-grade yeah. plastics. Of course. Yeah. Of course, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's some bubble bags which you can get from Alibongo. They're very easy to get. And you could, if you want to go for the dry ice method, that's uh, also very easy. You just have to put the, the cannabis inside the bubble bag with some pellets of dry ice. And you can find that online. It usually can get delivered to you within 24 hours in a polystyrene box. So you just buy a couple of kilos of that and stick it in the in the bag with the, with the cannabis and shake it, shake it, shake it, and shit will fall out. And that's how you dry can make dry ice ash. freezes the, yeah. the freezes the uh, trichomes and then pulverizes the whole mm -hmm. bud and turn let, lets everything go through. And you can just scrape it up and compress it into some hash. Nice and easy. It's a very easy process, and you can get more help over at Percy's if you need it or check out videos by uh, French cannoli because that's the shit right there. That's how you make the good hash. But yeah, man, definitely recommended. Uh, Mike, you should definitely give it a shot. You'd appreciate it. 
yeah, you know, like when to. you have enough buds in that. That's my problem is I'm doing micro grows right now. So the amount yeah. of trim you get off of it isn't uh, substantial. Summertime's coming. Put some water right. in. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, get, get oh, some shit outside, man. Yeah, yeah nice. I just I got to give another shout out to Port Norris for this Gasberry's Temple Ball hash as we're on the topic. It's fuck. I've been smoking it this whole conversation. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. Oh, as far as hash goes, oh, shit, man. So good work, guys. Don't get bought out. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Jammy bastards. We have um, we have some listener mail questions. Uh, so we we'll start off with the one from Bubblehawk, where he says, uh, "How about what is best recommended way to dry and cure your hash for terpene and potency preservation? And does hash have a shelf life like flour does? I mean, everything's got a shelf life, but hash will last a long time as long as it's stored properly." And Frenchie would say that he would cure his for around six months before he would mm-hmm. consider it cured. When when you guys say curing, are you like in my mind, I'm I'm thinking of people wrapping like the hash in my in my case, in my mind, it's a temple ball in a piece of like saran wrap or like polar mm. plastic wrap and then keeping it like uh, away from oxygen. Is that the mm-hmm. point of curing? That's what we want to do, right? Or it is it? Yeah, it's more of a chemical process rather than letting moisture escape from right. the, uh, the hash. And it, it's uh, yeah, you just want to limit the interaction from any outside variables to let the internals do their thing, yeah. right? Yeah. I and, guess and yeah. stop terpenes from escaping because they evaporate. You know, anytime you can smell it, it's the terpenes yeah. evaporate. That's right. for sure. To reduce that happening. Now I've got it wrapped. I did exactly what you said to you. Just wrap it in, in a plastic wrap. It formed in the fall, wrapped it in plastic wrap and sealed it in, inside of a small jar to keep air off of it. So, right. and every time you unwrap it or look at it, it, you can see the terpenes are actually liquefying inside of it. it there's it, things are going on. Let's put it that way. And Frenchie would say as well, what he would do was, it, you know, it'd smooth off the outside of the temple ball. And that, that's why it was smoothed off. And then on the inside, that essentially traps in all the, all the uh, moisture and everything inside the ball when it's properly rounded off like that, smoothed off. It's got yeah, like an outer case of the ball. The skin of the ball would be the seal for him. Yeah, yeah. What was that, TJ? I'm just debating now. I was just, I had my temple ball. I haven't actually opened it yet, but the, the shell on it's very like shiny, but hard. But when I pressed it with my nail, it, it's like, you could definitely tell it's a shell and then underneath is this soft kind of texture. So mm-hmm. yeah, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I should open it right now. Should I? No, 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 you shouldn't. It's still special occasion and you've been saving that for a long time. Yeah. Well, I've, I've missed a couple <laughs> special occasions, so I don't know. I'm just like, what the hell do I have it here for? I'm not going to smoke it. But you're going to save it for a special occasion, bro. Okay. okay for one of them times then. when you're like, this is for this moment right here. Like that, you know, like when you pay off your mortgage or something. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I guess it's not like it's that special. I could go buy another one right now if I really wanted to. But oh, anyway, right. I'm just like, you know, just talking about, yeah, that internal versus the external thing. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about that. Sorry. And the longer you leave it, the better it's going to be in it. Yeah. Within reason. Probably. Like, maybe 50 know. years or something is too long. I don't know. Well, how, we always <laughs> talked about the Nepalese temple balls. Those are 10 years old, right? That was. Mm-hmm. Frenchie had that story about the one he smoked and it was like beyond anything. Mm-hmm. I think it was Frenchie that told probably. Yeah. So he cracked the ball open. He's just, just the terpenes. He said he was yeah. stoned on just the smell of the terpenes. Right. Yeah. Right. Wow. But yeah, that's like the temple ball. Mm. No affiliation to me. 
And does hash have a shelf life? I would think that, man. I think you could smoke that shit until it like, just wouldn't be smoked anymore. That's going to be some good shit. But I don't know. I don't know. Probably if, somebody, if it's kept right. No, I mean, if I'm somebody dry. came to me and was like, here's hash from 100 years ago, you want to try it? I'd be like, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too, man. <laughs> you know? so, this is some fucking pharaohic hash. You know I mean? isn't, this, isn't the whole process like sort of a way of preserving? Like, isn't this a preservation method, perhaps? Yes. So I, I would know. suggest that the yeah. shelf life would be pretty long. Kind of yeah. like preserving meat. Mm-hmm. I've heard people say it's got a really long shelf life, but I can't prove it because I've not, not mm. done it. But I've heard a, quote, some other quote-unquote experts say that it, it, bubble hash lasts quite a long time. Shelbert's got this the record there for us, probably. Yeah. Three-year-old hash. I smoked oh. hash kept in a wall, stone wall, uh, in a stone wall <laughs> in Himalayas yeah. for three years. That's Damn. Badass. That's Mm-mm. cool. Yeah. I think one year. (laughs) (laughs) See what I did there? He's very smart. Very smart. I'll add some of them, uh, (laughs) you you know, a laughter back track there for you. I'm going to go back to the edit with the post. (laughs) It'd be funny. Yeah. Yeah. Probably it does. But maybe if you keep it right, it can last for a very, very long time. Mm -hmm. Would probably be the answer. I don't know. Mm hmm. I don't give it a try and let us know. <laughs> yeah. 50 years from now, we'll still probably be uh, podcasting, right? Uh, we've got exactly. Chicken Lizard. Uh, he has a question here. Wondering if you could discuss ambient air temperature, leaf temperature, and how it plays a major role in photosynthesis. We're not really sciencey like that, Chicken Lizard, but you know, I mean, I suppose you're talking about the VPD thing. Yeah, I think and, that's where he's going with that. Yeah, I mean, essentially moisture needs to evaporate off the leaves so it can be taken up again from the roots and go in this kind of cycle but, yeah. i mean sorry like a... tg oh no you can go ahead i'm just should... gonna make a funny comparison it's just but... it, don't try and overcomplicate things you know if the lights are on and the, and the grow room is yeah. warm and shit then the plant's gonna function just fine you don't really need, exactly. to, need to worry about the ambient air temperatures compared to the leaf temperature very much it's like a three bears thing right just just right is what you want mm-hmm. it's like there's a pretty big range though and yeah while you could get into like the optimals i think that for home growth and again i'm saying this because i don't actually know but we're not again like mackie said this is kind of a biology shit <laughs> yeah. and yeah as long as basically if you're comfortable then they're probably comfortable cannabis yeah. likes it a bit hotter a bit humid than we like it maybe but yeah you know it'll still be fine yeah yeah it's, uh... <laughs> it's like i mean any more detail that you want us to go in it's like it's it's sciencey and though we don't yeah. we don't steer away from science it's just we don't want to overcomplicate things any more than necessary yeah. for people who are growing cannabis at home i don't yeah. want to scare anybody away essentially the hotter it is in your tent the more your leaves are going to breathe and the more they'll be transpiring and drinking and the more they'll need to be fed and the more problems you can run into through underwatering and just, yeah, you don't, yeah, you don't want to, yeah, they can be taking up too much while they're drinking so much too. And that can be a problem. So keeping it within that very broad range of like, I would say between 21 Celsius and 28 Celsius, Perfect. Oh. Even higher, man. Even up to thirty-two. Go to, still function. to thirty. Yeah, thirty. Sure. Fine. Just gotta watch, yeah. watch your, your strength on your nutrients and, and make sure you got plenty of water. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, it's, 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 that's about it, really. It's a complex answer, but it's a simple answer at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want your leaves to be too hot. Like, obviously, the internal temperature of the plant. You know, that's what happens during a potassium deficiency, for example. That's why you get the burnt tips. The leaf internal temperatures gets really hot and actually toasts itself kind of thing. So, I mean, not ideal. But that doesn't happen because of temperature unless you get it really fucking close to, like, a heat lamp, you Ooh. know. But anyway, yeah, within those parameters, you'll be totally fine. Um, we have a Viking here as well. He has a question specifically for TG. I have a grass pile in the corner of my yard that's been composting for about 18 years. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Would wow. the black soil beneath the grass pile be too rich as a growing soil? If so, what could I do to water it down so it's not so hot? Or do I have the holy grail of super soil? and should be planting everything straight into it. Regards, IWV. Cool. Yeah, thanks for the question. Um, first of all, an 18-year grass pile, that's impressive. I mean, <laughs> what? <laughs> you just been piling it up there for 18 years and been like, anyway. I sorry. reckon his wife don't think it's impressive, TJ. Yeah, I imagine so. so. Far away, she never sees it. <laughs> um. But no, grass is a, it's a very, very, very high nitrogen, fresh grass at least, to uh, carbon ratio and pure, just putting just grass on there with no other, you know, browns at the time. Grass, grass itself is kind of hard to compost, like just by itself, especially in a home composting situation, because it is very one dimensional stuff. And it, it's so like, there's so much of it and has fine surface area. It tends to clump and then not get a lot of aeration unless you're fucking like stirring the shit out of it all the time. So the stuff underneath it, I would say probably at this point, if you've never moved it at all ever might, uh, I don't know what kind of soil that would be, to be honest, it would probably be fairly rich because right at the soil surface, there's probably a lot of action happening in decomposition wise because soil itself is loaded with all kinds of shit and is very multi-dimensional and willy grass, but it won't make its way up into the grass unless you've, you're you know actively putting what it needs to, to feed other than fucking grass in there. So it could be good, but I mean... I think TGD is just trying to say you've got a big pile of nitrogen, mate. Essentially, <laughs> yeah. And underneath, I don't know what the... What the, You could test it. Like you can buy those soil testing kits, dig up a little bit, mix mm -hmm. it with water, and then use those and see what kind of what kind of ratios of stuff you have. Probably it's pretty high in nitrogen, I guess. But again, like it depends on the decomposition. Um, and uh, yeah, being that it's fairly one dimensional and being just grass, I assume. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. I, would, I wouldn't say it's probably the best soil though. Um, usually the best soil comes from um, a multitude of, of inputs and um, kind of rotation of crops and, and various things like that i guess to have like just like our diets right do you think of it as yourself you know the, if you just eat eggs every day and that's it you'll probably survive but you'll probably be like not the greatest guy well, I, I like eggs sure but me too i eat eggs every day and i'm not gonna lie but i also eat <laughs> the other stuff so it helps mm. right so i don't know um it's a hard kind of a hard question yeah. being that i don't if, it, it if i needs, could come uh, and see more it more of a mixed then... diet i suppose isn't it you can't just yeah. feed it probably yeah. yeah probably yeah probably one too a little bit too one-dimensional mm -hmm. on you yeah well mix um, it with something 
You can mix. You it could use that That's, grass. That would Being be a good idea, exactly, Mackie. Mix it with some things. Yeah, and it's, since it sat there for 18 years, if you didn't make a compost pile, like with your garden scraps and other shit like that, that would be a great addition to it because it's probably already like mostly decomposed sitting there anyway, or in a good state to to be decomposed now. So, yeah. And we have one more from Stutty. Uh, the seed, and this is a follow-up from a question he asked uh, a few weeks ago because he's making his own seeds, Stutty is. Uh, the seeds I'm making will be about five weeks old on the 1st of April and the plant has been in flower for just over seven weeks. So she'll be getting chopped in a few weeks. I was just wondering if there are any advantage keeping her under my array fours at this stage or would one of my old shitty 75 watt purple lights do just as a, you just, uh, just as good for the last two, three weeks. Then I will yeah. get another plant put under the array. Thanks. What would you say, TG? I mean, you you, uh, you make seeds. I'd say it was cool to swap it over. I'd say, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, do your shit. Um, the work is done. Yeah, I mean, like, can you see if the seeds are mature and ready? And if they are, then probably that would be okay. Ideally, you want to keep the plant under ideal growing conditions as long as you can until it's finished. Uh, that's what I usually do with my seeds. Um, even if I see that they're finished, I kind of just let it go to its natural conclusion. Um, sometimes the seeds fall out of the the early maturing seeds at least will fall out of their calyx or their bracts um, but uh, yeah if you need the room that probably wouldn't be too much of an issue um, yeah because like as long as the seeds are ready yeah but again if they're not ready you definitely want as much energy from the plant to be able to put into finishing them off how long does it take for the seeds to properly form about six weeks. Um, yeah, five, I would say five to six weeks. You know, I always let them go a bit longer just to be 100% sure. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Give it a little bit longer than five weeks, which you've got here. But yeah, pollinated about week two and a half to week three and a half in that window. And then, mm -hmm. you know, there's another five ish weeks usually till about the time you harvest. And that's generally about okay. But again, I, I usually let mine go a teeny bit longer just to be 100% sure. So it says yeah. two or three weeks, uh, you know, put them under 75 watt for two or three weeks. Maybe two, three weeks is a bit too long. Maybe the last week would be cool. But yeah, maybe. Probably be better. I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say. But I'd uh, say you don't, pictures. <laughs> you don't want to fuck up the, you know, yeah, all that ruin hard the work. whole thing for you just for save yourself a week. You could still put them on the array four anyway, you know, if you're just starting out fresh seeds and stuff, you know, put them on a bucket upside down or something, you know, so it's higher up off the ground or closest to the light. And you can start yeah. seedlings in small parts and then they'll grow bigger. And in a few weeks' time, then you'll be able to take out the big plant and make the rest of the space up. Don't put off, you know, if you have space in your tent for some seedlings, and fucking put some seedlings in there, man. Save yourself a couple of weeks. That's what I like to do. When I see my shit's coming to an end soon, then I like to get a few seedlings in there. It's saving a couple of weeks can make all the difference, man. Between running out and having weed, isn't it? To do what you have to do. But good luck with the seed work. Give us informed about what's going on there, Stoy. It's cool shit. Cool. That's awesome to hear too. I, I'm always stoked when people are like, I'm making seeds. Because it's like... You know, like, you're you making seeds on purpose? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just posted a thing on Percy's, uh, that fucking mail that's shit and pollen everywhere, because I'm making some seeds, too. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, quick why one. Not? Uh, sorry. Oh, no, I'm done. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, 
just one from Sevons here. Quick question from the chat. Uh, Non-hash question. Roughly speaking, what size drying tent should you have versus grow tent? So same size, man. So, you know, sometimes you're going to have these big harvests <laughs> and you're going to be grateful for that size. But, yeah, I mean, many times I've taken down a harvest that was hanging in the tent and it wouldn't fit back in there once I've taken it all down. I use a vertical system. I, I hang strings vertically in the tent and then mm -hmm. cut the buds and then go top to bottom in the tent full length with buds. And I can usually fit, fit two tents worth of harvest into one drying tent like that mm -hmm. with good airflow. But it, you have to kind of, you have to arrange it. You got to, got to want to do it. You don't want to, you don't want your buds too close because you, you want mm -hmm. them to dry, right? You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that would be my advice. As big as you need it to be without having, like, if you put it in like a gymnasium, for example, that would be hard to maintain the optimal temperature and Correct. humidity. Mm -hmm. So, but you don't want it so small that if you have a humidifier in there that it's blowing like right on the bud either. So mm -hmm. middle ground, but yeah, generally the size of the tent that you grew it in is perfect for the size of the tent that you dry it in. Mm -hmm. Assuming you fill out that tent, whatever size it is. Yeah, so if you got one plant, then one sixty centimeter thing in the corner of the room will usually do the job. Hmm. But Probably, if you're taking yeah. down a whole harvest and just dry it in the tent, you uh, you harvested from, and it can look beautiful when you got a nice full one point two by one point two meter tent that's just full of buds drying, and then it shrinks over time. You don't look as nice. <laughs> I hate shrinkage. Yeah, man, fucking pain in the ass. Old in there, man. Yeah. Uh, we had another one, another question um, from Rashery. It was where did that go? There it is. Uh, once trim goes in the freezer, does it have a timeline of quality? How long can you keep it in the freezer? I think everything has a some kind of timeline when it's in the freezer. After a couple of months, then maybe it, it would. Yeah. It's going to lose quality as soon as you froze it. Really. What if you yeah. vacuum seal it in those like meat mm. bags? About a year. Or huh? weed yeah. bags that probably people used to send weed around the country mm -hmm. <laughs> that's what some people do isn't it? that's what i do they, they work, work. they do work yeah they're awesome yeah yeah but yeah i think if you vacuum seal it without oxygen and so just basically without moisture because you don't want freezer burn right that's, that's what i was of, thinking <laughs> that's yeah. the one thing that's probably gonna like detract from the qualities if it gets freezer burn yeah exactly but and those, uh, i don't those know vacuum sealers really do work very well for that so how long do you freeze for Marge? uh well i've never done it before so i don't oh, know right, as right. far as like like i've um vacuum sealed all kinds of stuff and stuck it in the freezer and it really it can stay in the freezer i'd say for a lot longer because you're removing all the oxygen out of it that's yeah. cool man. yeah yeah so you know, just put it in the freezer i'm sure it'll be used up when you're ready a year at least right you can definitely save it for a year i would say right? yeah. it should be cool mm -hmm. for a year so it's not like meat where like yeah you're not gonna be eating it yeah exactly you know, hey man. So resin probably doesn't do it. Bad. Save up your fucking trim and your popcorn budge. You know that when you've been trimming for hours and you, there's little tiny buds, and you're like, oh, I can't yeah. be asked to trim this one. Don't That's trim right. it. Trim it off. Put it in a bag. Go and put it in the freezer. Save it up. And uh, over time, then you'll have a, a shitload of them all stored up, ready for you. You can just get yourself some bubble bags from Mali Bongo with discount code Percy's fifteen, and you'll be sweet. I was saying, some hash, some hash, man. You love that shit. You just can never make enough. That's that's, that's the problem. <laughs> shit, I want to make some hash, man. I think I might do it this week. 
You've got enough weed to make some hash, I think. I can use an ounce of weed to make some hash. You can. Sure, live a little. You know, you know live a little, man. <laughs> Enjoy yourself. That's right. I think I'll do it. I don't think the wife would mind either because she loves hash too. So. <laughs> man, it's some lemon hash. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. No, oh, I couldn't yeah, do it out there. That would be nice. That I couldn't would be do nice. it. Lemon tree hash. Now, that, yeah. lemon, that lemon tree is too good. I'm not putting it into hash, man. Wait a minute! <laughs> I'm not doing so it. Wait, you can't make good hash with bad bud, though, man. Oh, you're right, man. But this is just so tasty. I'm not, <laughs> not going to get all them terpenes come through into the hash, am I? Am I? I think you probably would get them to come in through. It's only oh. one way to find out. It's only one way to find out. <laughs> Google, here I go. <laughs> but yeah, man, that's all the questions we have this week. Uh, you know, if anybody has any questions that they'd like to ask us at any time, we're over at PercyScrollroom.com, the Cannabis Scrollers Forum and website. Find us over there, you know. Uh, and most of you are already members. But if you're not a member, you know, get over there. Oh, look, there's Chad. What's up, Chad? There we go. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Grow Guides. Uh, if you have any questions, as usual, just head over to PercyScrollroom.com, sign up, become a member, and you can start a post and ask any question you like. And there's always somebody around to answer your questions for you. It'd be good to see you over there. Don't be shy. Uh, of course, we have the show on Sunday. If you are around, if you're free, come and join us on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash high on homegrown. It'll be good to see you there in the live chat. Yeah, but that's it for now. It's the Grow Guides. So if, if you have any ideas or suggestions for what we should be covering in future Grow Guides episodes, then let us know on Persis. And also, same thing with uh, with news articles. If you have news articles you'd like us to cover on the show, head over to persisgrowing.com and put it in the high and homegrown section. And same thing with interviews. If there's somebody that you think would be a good guest for the show, then let us know and I'll contact whoever you'd like us to contact and get them on as well. It's always a massive pleasure to have audience interaction and have you guys be involved with the process of making the show as well. So thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for being with the show for all this time. It's massively appreciated and I hope you enjoy being part of the community. But thank you as always. And we'll catch you on Sunday for the live show or if not on Monday for the cannabis news and events. It's always a pleasure. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.